we'd like to invite you at breakfast to another form of speaking and listening practice, which is just conversation. However, there are some specific parameters for this practice. You'll be given a topic, one of the topics of, that keeps the mind oriented uh, in a wholesome way, a productive way. And how you speak about the topic, uh, where you go with it, stay within the topic. Even if it's, you know, you're stretching the boundaries, that's okay, Wherever's, whatever's natural for you and whomever you're speaking with. But if you find yourself truly wandering off all over the place, maybe take a pause and say, oh yeah, right, let's come back. And in a moment I'll offer you the topic, but I just want to offer you, if this is helpful, um, a perspective on the practice. something that we learn in Insight Dialogue is that when the mind thinks, which it does in order to speak, we easily fall into the thinking process, identify with it, and become it. There's no um, mindfulness of it. And this is quite understandable because it's such a demanding thing to do. It takes up so much of our mental resources that the mindfulness gets weak because the thinking sucks us up. So pausing is a way of interrupting that, reestablishing the mindfulness, and gradually the mindfulness can become more continuous and move right across and through the speaking. But even so, strong thinking and strong, certainly, social engagement can still challenge the continuity of sati, of remembering awareness. So for your practice this morning, it's actually doing a different thing. Don't worry about the mindfulness. Whatever's developed, let it just manifest. Don't try to pause, and as you listen, don't try to pause. Just go with it. As my teacher Ajahn Soban used to say, first you take care of mindfulness, then mindfulness takes care of you. The good news is that if you lose mindfulness and you stay on the topic, there's no problem, right? Because the mind is gathering around something 
not only wholesome, but really productive, useful. So you can trust that, you can stay with that. If you were just going and talking about anything, or if I give you the assignment to contemplate your favorite television show or something, if you had one, then it would be maybe a different story. The mind could go all kinds of unwholesome or certainly unproductive, worthless places. That's not the case with this topic. All right, so just trust that and check it out. When you're finished with your practice, which is to say, when you're finished with your meal, don't just linger and chat. Finish your meal, say thank you for the conversation or whatever, take your dishes out and you're done. And um, no speaking out after the practice. Like when you leave the dining hall, you're leaving that meditation hall, if you will. And you're back into the noble silence, so your continuity of mindfulness continues through all the other things you're doing this morning into your practice here. So before I offer the topic, are there any questions? Oh yes, one more thing. Some may choose to eat their breakfast in silence. Those who do would gather at the tables towards the further end of the hall, towards the sliding door. So that's certainly an option, no problem. You won't be considered antisocial. Everybody will admire you for being such a diligent meditator. You can feel good about that and that can be your internal topic is how, how good you are and how bad everybody else is. If that gets boring, you can think about how bad they are. Yes? Is this a dyad or a Good question. Um, it can be any size group, but my recommendation is to not speak all the way across the table because it might get really loud and difficult. I would just maybe stay close by physically. If you want to move the chairs so that there's more, you know, or if you want to sit at a corner, which we're not currently doing, things like that, mindfully, that would be good. Other questions? Okay, the topic is panya, wisdom. And this is you can make it the abstract, like what is wisdom and all this kind of thing. I think it would be much more interesting, much more productive to contemplate your own wisdom and the wisdom of the friend with whom you're speaking. And by wisdom, you know, I'll give you a pretty uh, simple core and you'll see where your conversation goes because you're trusting your conversation, right? Um, just ask yourself, for example, do I believe that my thoughts and actions have results? Do I feel that? Do I understand that intellectually, but also what is it, what, you know, when I understand with the body, with my life, I really understand that my thoughts have results and the way I treat people and so on, internally and externally. If you know that, hey, wow, look, look how wise I am. Look how wise you are. 
Thanks for pulling the chair out for me. That has results. Wow, aren't we great? Do you believe that things are permanent? Your emotions, your bank account, your body, your thoughts. You don't have to talk about impermanence, but if you look at yourself and say, oh, there's no way that that's true. Oh, wow, look how wise I am. Look how wise you are. You know that too? And what's that when it's really internalized? So this is not about doctrine. This is not about I know doctrine. This is not about smart. You understand? Another aspect is discernment in an ethical sense. How's my discernment? Do I have that sense of what has wholesome results, not wholesome results? Harming and stealing and killing and sexual misconduct. And wow, to be able to discern that stuff, that's also panya, wisdom. Do I see value in meditation practice? Do I see value in uh, being a wholesome participant in my community, whatever that means. And do I apprehend suffering in the world, in others and in myself? Do I understand that that's part of the human condition? That's wisdom, to know that. And what's it like to recognize that wisdom in yourself? What's it feel like to talk about, to see it in others? Panya, wisdom. Any questions? Yes. It seemed like you went through five types. Can you, can you do them one more time? Well, if I summarize in if I summarize uh, in a more doctrine way, because that's what doctrine does well is it summarizes. And uh, problem is, then you take that as real. That's the problem with doctrine. It becomes sort of an out there kind of knowledge rather than in your heart. But it's easy; makes it easy to talk. So, cause and effect, karma, and four noble truths: suffering and so on impermanence, suffering, non-self, ethics. That's the doctrine. Those are the doctrinaire words for what I'm saying. So, and, but you don't have to have it in, it wouldn't be in your heart in a Buddhist sense. The Buddhist thing is all constructed. This is real experience wisdom, not doctrine. Right? So the stuff I was saying sounded pretty human, didn't it? That's how you want, that's your doorway in. Don't go like a Buddhist doorway. Go a, a whole human experience doorway. Yes? You know, the other thing Gregory has said, it's a, there's, people have a lot to do after breakfast, so I think we need to feel comfortable when we're done eating. You know, you may even know that there's more conversation that you can just say, people have to do dishes and clean the cabinet. Absolutely. Okay. Susie. Yeah. And um, people may be wanting to help each other. 
engineering test